This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, June 16th, wherever and however you're connected, Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with world-class rugby enthusiast Jerem Jordan. I do like the rugby. Uh, Saturday, the Blues played the hur- Hurricanes in Super Rugby in New Zealand in front of 43,000 fans with no masks and no social distancing. New Zealand has been declared coronavirus-free. Amazing. So they played a regular sporting event. How about that? Um, is it easier because it's an island? Is it? Did they do a better job uh, going into that than the United States did. I would like to learn from that and hopefully uh, apply that here in the United States and at some point get back to regular sports. I, I feel like it's a ways off, though, like six months, a year. I don't know. Perhaps it's, be it's time to have uh, Paul Lasique back on the show so he can give us some Paul's- insider information into how to go coronavirus-free. Yeah, Paul's playing professionally in Europe. Um, he's been in England. In the uh, There's a, a, a premiership for rugby there as well, like soccer. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's abroad as well. I, I love the terminology of rugby. It's, it is very entertaining to watch just because of the different words they use. Into touch. That's how you score, right? Yeah, technically that's what it is in soccer. Just no one says it. There like you go. The sideline's called the touchline. This is why he's a world-class rugby enthusiast. He knows. I think I'm just a local <laughs> enthusiast. I wouldn't call it world-class. <laughs> Let's get ready for uh, the scrum of today's show lineup, shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> BYU basketball radio analyst and former Cougar Mark Durant will join us live. Is he ready to put on the tournament train conductor's hat? Last year's West Coast Conference Newcomer of the Year, Jake Toulson, on why his former teammate and the newest Cougar, Brandon Averett, is impossible to defend on a basketball court. And the best to ever wear number 30, don't forget our top five Tuesday features the top five broadcast calls in BYU sports history. Epic stuff today. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. New look BYU basketball team, but the same lofty expectations in year two of the Mark Pope era. Just ask the new guy. Transfer Brandon Averett said this on yesterday's show. Definitely accomplished a lot, you know. I think we'll surprise a lot of people, and it, I, I feel like we have nothing less than Sweet 16 aspirations, you know what I mean? that That's what I see for this team, and that's what I feel like we're capable of doing. Nothing less than Sweet 16 aspirations. Whoa. Brandon Averett is the perfect Mark Pope guy, isn't he? As in he thrives on people telling him, what he and his team can or cannot do. Jerem, do you expect BYU basketball to make the NCAA tournament, just make it, this upcoming season? Yeah, there's too much talent uh, on this team to not make the tourney. We saw what kind of culture BYU could have, what kind of uh, locker room, the best locker room in America, Mark said, and the development of different players as well. Colby Lee went from afterthought to starter, contributor, MVP chance against Portland at home. Uh, to guys like Dalton Nixon and Zach Selyus, whose contribution, we weren't quite sure exactly how they would contribute, but they contributed in a major way as role players, not to mention 
Yoli Childs improving his three-point shot, continuing what he did in low post, becoming a good leader, uh, getting a little better on the perimeter, and so on and so forth. The development, the culture, and then you look at just pure talent, and we went over it yesterday, but this conglomeration, uh, cornucopia of guys from whether it's local LDS uh, kids or members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or not, right? Matt Harms and Brandon Averett and Gideon George and company— this team is good enough to make the tourney, no doubt. I I have been with BYU Hoops in a wait-and-see situation until this last year, and that was amazing. They went from no NIT to a six seed in the tourney, right? They didn't play the tourney, but Lenardi said they would have been a six. Uh, they would have been a five if it wasn't for Sunday play. They were but, clearly getting in. Yeah, no, no doubt. And they were a top 15 team at one point, right, two weeks before the end of the season. So, yeah, 100%. I, I believe this will be a tourney team. And then, uh, you know, for Brandon Averett to say Sweet 16, that's his prerogative. I disagree. No one's telling him he can't right now. Like, sure, it's, that's fine for him, for the fan base. Um, yeah, I, I, I would think that we expect the NCAA tournament now. BYU will make the NCAA tournament. For me, it's just a question of how many games they'll win in March. They're a tournament team. They're going to get in. They're the second-best team in the West Coast Conference. And that's not a diss on BYU basketball because they're playing against probably the number one team in America in conference. Gonzaga is a preseason favorite to top the polls. BYU is the second-best team in the WCC. They'll make the tournament. How many games will they win in March? And I'm not about to say that they're not capable with this current roster and experience. And I'm not about to doubt Mark Pope and what he's able to pull out of his guys and the development that he can bring to say that they can't win a game or maybe two. So, yeah, I have no issue with Brandon Averett saying what he did. Shoot for the stars. Believe it. He's on par with Mark Pope. And uh, like I said, I have no reason to doubt what Coach Pope and his staff are capable of doing right now. I, I am a firm believer. I am all in on what this staff is capable of doing. And it's only been one year. But they, they just, we've seen it with our own eyes now. Yeah, and our expectations aren't high. Think about what we're saying. We're like, oh, make the tourney. We're not saying win the league. We're not saying win multiple games, right? We're saying make the tourney. No, not, but they are cr- in their circles. They, see, because most people are saying BYU can't win the league. That's something that they are telling BYU that they can't yeah, do. You can't win the league. You're not better than Gonzaga. Yeah, if BYU, but listen, at the end of the day, you're not defined by league championships when the season is done per se. Or maybe we just ignore that because we never do it. Is that why? Maybe that's why. Um, and, and in football, we're used to having no league, so we don't really care about that. But in soccer and women's volleyball and whatnot, we celebrate conference titles. But those seasons are defined by how they do in the postseason. Last year, we didn't say, oh, WCC champs first. We said Elite Eight. That's how it, that's how it goes. Danny Ainge and the 81 team, as we chronicled Friday, took third in the WAC that year because there were two other ranked teams in the league. Who cares? Does anybody defined, remember that? You're defined by how you <laughs> ask Jonathan Tavernari. You're defined by how you uh, perform in the postseason. And I can't tell you if Loyola Chicago was the uh, champ of their league, but I can tell you they went to the Final Four. The year before 1981's epic run to the Elite Eight, BYU did win the WAC and lost Yay. their first and only NCAA tournament game in the second round. So. Yeah, you're you're right. They had a bye. That's it's, how they get. To it's different. You are remembered by what you do in March. Um, so I'm looking forward to what BYU can do. Topic two: football, football, foot, football. How many days away are we again? Countdown to the youths. Seventy-nine 
1979. That was a, a good year. Uh, missed field goal. Just make Go that perfect. field goal. Just beat Lee Corso in Indiana. Undefeated yeah. season. Yeah. Okay, BYU's lost too many games in a row to Utah. We all know the number. Whatever. Uh, we all hate it. Last season, we built up BYU's potential to beat Utah because the Cougars had led 20 to nothing with 16 minutes to go in the game, but lost. Yet, last season's Ute team was legit, so it didn't make sense that we built up to that. That team was ranked as high as number five late in the season in the college football playoff. BYU's just trying to get into the college football playoff rankings, period, right? Yet, this season, Utah's lost a ton of players, and we're discussing BYU's uh, ability to win the game less. So should BYU fans be more confident about BYU against Utah, or are we just jaded too much now? Let logic reign supreme. Yes. What? No. BYU fans should be more confident about BYU's chances of beating Utah this season. Then why aren't we talking about that? Because basketball has stolen the spotlight for one, and nine in a row has a What do you mean? We've had six months to discuss this. Nine losses in a row has a heavy, heavy, lingering effect on the mind. But just for a moment... Try and separate yourself from the emotion if you can, just for a moment. I am a robot. Let logic reign supreme. I said for the first time after the 2017 season, because we asked this question on the show, when's BYU going to beat Utah again? Because we were. The answer was 2024. Looking ahead at, man, <laughs> well, if they're not doing it this year, then BYU's got to go to Utah next year. And He's better on the road than home. Then Utah's going to have all sorts of talent. Tyler Huntley's going to be a senior. Zach Moss is going to be a senior when they come back to Provo. So it's probably not going to happen in 2019. I said, circle 2020 because Utah will have a ton of turnover and BYU will Hopefully finally, turnovers. BYU will finally have an upperclassman quarterback. And as we pointed out a few days ago on the show, BYU will return as many as 19 or 20 upperclassmen starters in 2020. The time is now. Yeah, think back to last season. I know the hype was amazing coming off Zach Wilson's 18-for-18 bowl game, and Utah was in Pro Bowl, and it was year two of the Jeff Grimes offense. But Utah had, in their head coach, Kyle Whittingham's words, the most talented team the program has ever had and that he has had the pleasure of coaching. They put 10 guys in the NFL, seven draft picks. Legit, man. So why in the world did we think, oh, yeah, BYU is going to beat Utah this year. That's it was crazy talk. Yeah, it was crazy. And we talk. participated fully. Absolutely. So I know that the hesitancy is real to be like, well, now BYU's got to go to Salt Lake City, and you said it. BYU's been better on the road in this series. <laughs> Things yeah. have been more competitive, yeah. and Utah has a ton of turnover. So now, logic reigning supreme is the time to believe. BYU was starting Zach Wilson last year against that defense, and he wasn't fully healthy. Coming off shoulder surgery. What in the world were any BYU fans thinking that BYU was going to beat Utah last season? Even if he's healthy, it wouldn't have mattered. Utah was too good. So it's now. Now is the time. You should run for office. Uh, We are in the show me stage with BYU football now. We're not in the talk it up stage because we've been talking it up for a decade with no wins against Utah. So I believe that, yes, the logic, and that's, that's why I brought this up to discuss on the show is, yeah, wait a minute. Isn't, wouldn't this be a good opportunity and, to beat Utah at, at like 100%? They lose nine starters on defense, and they lose Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss. Like, this would make sense that this would be an opportunity for BYU. 
100%. But we are in the show-me stage because BYU hasn't even accidentally beaten Utah in the last decade. They haven't even just one game. Oh, ball bounced our way. We made this play. We made that play. We won. It's crazy it that they haven't lucked into a win. It hasn't happened. So we are more in the, okay, once it happens, then we'll get excited stage of BYU football. That's how it feels like the fan base is treating this rivalry. And so here we are with another opportunity. Yet, I promise you, mark my words, what is it, June 16th? Leading up, we will get more excited about the opportunity of BYU winning this because it's a defense mechanism, or in this case, maybe an offense mechanism, to try and believe that this is going to happen. And obviously, BYU is going to beat Utah at some point. It's not going to go forever, right? This would be the longest win streak for Utah ever against BYU, I believe, right? Yes. I think it's nine on both sides. So... Let's see it. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not a bunch of guys talking about what could happen. I just want to see you win. Just do it. Can the ball bounce favorably in BYU's favor? <laughs> or can BYU just win the game? They don't, like, need a lucky bounce. Is BYU the more experienced side in this game this year? That's never really mattered the last nine years. That's the idea. It's like, just win the game. Tell, you tell me. I'll tell you some nice things here from this pulpit. In the next few months, but just win the game. It's time. Yes. Talk is cheap. Okay. Our question of the day, back to BYU basketball. We're all about expectations today. Uh, What are your tourney expectations right now for BYU basketball this season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in on Twitter from at loyal to the royal. I expect the Cougars to take care of some unfinished business. Coach Pope and company will again exceed national expectations and turn some heads. What are the national expectations for BYU and Mark Pope right now? I wonder. Uh, there have been a few people that have talked about BYU, right? When Matt Harms signed, Dick Vitale jumped on. The number one transfer <laughs> yeah. in the country yeah. is the big guy, Matt Harms. Watch out for the Cougars, baby. Yeah, I'm like, what else do you know about BYU? <laughs> I, can you name any, any other players? Um, no, it's, it, yeah, I don't know what the expectations are nationally to not win the league. Like it, and that's fine. It's whatever. I, Let's go to the tournament and see what I happens. I would guess that guys like John Rothstein and Jeff Goodman and Dick Vitale are somewhere along the lines of where we are. BYU is going to make the tournament. They're capable of winning a game, maybe two. They've said. I'm trying to remember. Someone said, "Yeah, a little more dangerous than we said." We we are hesitant as a fan base to go all in because we've been burned by playing Utah one peak three dot dot dot. Right? It's not the '80s anymore. Trepidation. Yeah, exactly. Coming up, the best story number thirty. BYU basketball radio analyst Mark Durant was not the best to wear number 30. (laughs) What number was he, 25? (laughs) I think so. Uh, We joke. Uh, Is BYU a basketball school right now? Mark's the guy to answer that question. This is BYU Sports Nation. Volleyball school, I've been telling you this. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now is BYU basketball radio analyst, former Cougar hoopster, and the Perry Mason of the Beehive State. Mark Durant joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Mark, when does the next episode of your courtroom reality show come out? My reality show would be very boring. I tell you what, I, I'm a transactional attorney. So if you want a reality show of me writing leases all day, <laughs> let's do it. Were you a better basketball player, analyst, or uh, lawyer? Sadly, I'm, I'm pretty average at all of those things. But... Uh, <laughs> I guess it's, you know, it's good to be average in a lot of different things. But uh, uh, I was, uh, you know, I, I guess the thing that is the, the common thread of all of those is I'm kind of a role player. Uh, uh, I'm a role player. I set screens for Russell Larson. Then I set screens for Greg Rubel and try and make him better, which is hard. And uh, and now I just try and play a role in transactions for my clients and, and – uh, Make sure I don't mess up and have the coach get mad at me. (laughs) Makes sense. It's a great philosophy, and you've built a wonderful living on that, Mark. Um, uh, We've been discussing the progress of BYU basketball in just one year under Mark Pope, and it's hard not to get excited about the direction that the program is moving. It just feels exciting right now. So, that said, put on your blue goggles and answer this. Is BYU a basketball school now? I used to always tell myself that when I was playing, and the reality was no. But I tell you what, it's kind of what is good at the time. And uh, if BYU goes, uh, is 8-0, by the time basketball rolls around, it'll be a football school. Uh, but if it's maybe 3-5 three and, three and five or something like that, then it'll be basketball because rightly so, there's a lot of excitement about basketball. Last season was terrific. Uh, but Mark Pope just imbues excitement in you when you're around him. Uh, And and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of recruits come. Uh, Can you imagine having Mark Pope come in your house? (laughs) You mean, you'd go away feeling like you just sat an hour with, I don't know, Tony Robbins or something. I mean, you're ready to go. (laughs) And uh, it's actually kind of tiresome to be around him sometimes because he's so positive and excited. And you're like, relax a little bit, Mark. But I know, I mean, what he does and his and, and, and Chris Burgess and Cody Figure and those guys, I mean, and they, they work so hard and uh, it, it's a great team and every recruit or transfer that comes up, they're working on him, see how, how he can fit in. And, and you just, to be successful in that market, you have to be so aggressive and yeah, you're going to miss out on some guys um, and they have, uh, but they're in the conversation, and they've got some really good players. And so, I mean, why not be excited? Why not BYU be a basketball school? Why not be a top 10 basketball team and go into in the later rounds of the NCAA tournament? I mean, obviously, the reality is you got to go do it. But it's easy to talk about it because of what Mark Pope has brought to the table. It feels like we graduated from a show-me stage with with BYU hoops you know after 
not making the NIT, not making the NCAA tournament four years in a row. They were going to make it, of course, last year. To this, okay, we believe in what you are offering, you being Mark Pope and this coaching staff. So I guess what do you believe about this group of guys that is sort of a hodgepodge of transfers and, and uh, you know, in freshmen and guys in the program and whatnot? What do you think they can do? What are you expecting? What are you feeling? Well, it's weird, Jerem, that we're talking about NCAA tournaments because you lost, what, Toulson and Haas and Yogi Childs and Dalton Nixon. I mean, that's like, listen, it's not easy to replace those guys. It's like trying to replace you and uh, Spencer. Spencer would be kind of easy to replace. but (laughs) I mean, you just don't bring in guys off the street and they're they're doing it. But what I like about transfers is you have a track record. And as good as recruits are, freshmen coming in, four, five-star type guys, you really don't know how they'll perform uh, in major college basketball because it's a huge leap. And uh, you've got guys coming in that I think can make that leap. Uh, you know, Caleb and uh, uh, Hunter. and those, Because those guys have big college bodies, right? College bodies. And my problem coming in was I had a high school body. Uh, and so even if you're mentally ready to go, uh, sometimes it's hard to make that transition physically. You've got guys coming in that can do that. Uh, but then you've got the transfers that you know how they perform. Uh, Averett and Harms, uh, Spencer, uh, Gideon George. Those guys have shown on that type of level of competition where they're, they've been successful. And athletically, they're as good as you get. And, uh, you know, that's always been the knock on BYU. Uh, I was the exception. I was super athletic, right? <laughs> I was one of the first to ever be really, really athletic at BYU. But uh, you've got all these guys coming in are super athletic. And uh, so, I mean, it's it's exciting. And, and, and part of the reason you can have confidence uh, after losing all those guys is because you've seen what these other guys can do at a high level and know that they can come in and contribute. Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, Mark, we put together a collective starting five on the show yesterday, and, and we feel like Matt Harms, Richard Harward, Connor Harding, and then the ABBA backcourt of Alex Barcelo and Brandon Aver are going to be the guys. You on board with that, by the way? Yeah. That, are, that nickname? Yeah. Are you, are you cool with ABBA? Listen, as long as they bring the money, 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 that's what I want to see. <laughs> Fair enough. As far as the starting five goes, uh, who else do you think you could compete for one of those starting five positions? Well, that's the great thing. I mean, uh, because you lost those guys, it's exciting for everyone on the team because they know their spots. A lot of times you come in, there's not spots. And even if you play well, you got a senior that's good. It's going to play the minutes. Uh, but I think that'll be a great motivating uh, factor for these guys and great competition to get better. But, uh, you know, I think everybody can contribute. I think this is a nine, 10, 10 deep team. Uh, and th- that that's going to help them. And I was thinking to myself, you got about 35 feet of big guys. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, that's crazy. And I love it. I love seven footers. And, you know, you look at Harms and those guys. The first thing you ask yourself when you have a seven-footer is, can he walk? 
because a lot of times they cannot walk. I'm telling you. But you watch Harms and Lowell and Baxter and those guys, they can move and they can guard the perimeter. They're fast. They can shoot the three. Uh, and so when you have that kind of size, uh, you, you're basically taking away easy shots. You're taking away the paint. No one's going to score in the paint. So they're going to have to hit the threes, which is going to be harder because guys like Averett and Barcelo and Harding can get out and extend because they know they got defensive help on the backside. And, and, or they have to shoot the jumpers. You take away the easy points. That's very hard to play against. And you, you play against especially teams like the Utahs and the Gonzagas and the postseason turning teams. You have to be able to match that size and athleticism. Be why you can do that comfortably. And I think it's going to make a huge difference having that size. Did you just put Utah in the same category as Gonzaga? Uh, <laughs> I got to be nice to Utah because they're, they're being nice to us right now. Let, you know, <laughs> we don't have to talk about that, but they don't have to be nice. <laughs> but listen, they did us a solid there. I don't know who, who agreed to that, but that's a solid. And, and well, that's got to button that one up. But Seems uh, like it was but, Mark Carlin and not Larry, but okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> listen. Listen, uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> but I, I'm talking more Utah historically. I mean, Utah is. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and just the Pac-12, they always have big, big guys. You sure. always have to deal with that. Sure. And, of course, Gonzaga is, you know, it's just every year they've got two seven-footers that are all, all everything. Yeah. So you got to be able to put bodies on them and, and match them at least a little bit. And BYU can do that more than they ever have been able to in the past. I'm interested to see how BYU uses this front court because they now have four dudes. Everyone keeps throwing Wyatt Lowe into the conversation. He's a backcourt player that just happens to be, you know, 6'10", 6'9". But um, Gavin Baxter, Colby Lee, Richard Harbin, and Matt Harms, I don't think you could go wrong in who you start there. I, and for some reason, I feel like Colby Lee is probably going from starter to fighting for some backup minutes here because you're not bringing Matt Harms to not start. Richard Harward, the coaches rave about him. And then Gavin Baxter is one of the most athletic players in BYU history. So for, for Colby Lee, that's going to be interesting. But I, I don't think BYU has a, a wrong choice here with those four guys. No, and, I, and I, they're, they're interchangeable in a lot of ways. So you can run them, and they're not going to get tired, and they're going to be fresh and, and active. And listen, Colby Lee, what a great story he was because I just – I. Sorry, Colby, at the beginning of last year, I just didn't, you know, you didn't have Yoli. I'm like, we are in serious trouble, and Colby was the man. And if he can continue that progression, he's never going to be as athletic as Gavin or, you know, some of those guys, but he is so solid. So you can always have a solid guy in there, not going to make mistakes, do right things for you. And then you hope that the Gavins and the Lowells and can and and the Harwards can really progress around him and, and not have the pressure of being that solid guy. So, man, I'm so excited about the big guys. And, and the, you know, I, I Coach Coach Rose used to get mad at me. He'd say, you, don't, you only want me to recruit seven-footers. And I'm like, yeah, man, I want you to – because that makes a difference. It's hard to play against seven-footers, and, and we've got four or five good ones. Mark Durant with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's finish with this and talk about the newest guy, Brandon Averett. What do you think he brings to BYU basketball specifically, knowing what you know about B.A.? Well, again, I mean, you've got 
guys that are super athletic coming in. And like I said, that's kind of been the knock on BYU. But if you have, if you put him back there, especially defensively, I'm watching highlights of him and his athleticism and quickness on the perimeter. And he can really overplay and get into people's faces because of those seven footers behind him, really make things happen on the perimeter. I think he could improve his three point shot a little bit, but he's solid and great jumping skills. And so he and Barcelo, if they can really push it, use their speed uh, in transition, put pressure on the D, and then on the defensive end, really get in the passing lanes and getting after people, that could be a really, really good defense, guys. I mean, I'm telling you, you put that athleticism on the perimeter, you've got, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk behind you, Giants behind you. <laughs> you, just, you just let it go, man. You just get after it. and don't You don't worry about getting beat. Who cares if you get beat? And you have that kind of athleticism with the guy like Averett, who's a senior, and you you know you got to bring in some experience and senior guys, and he'll be a leader. I love it. Mark, you're a class act, man. One of our favorites. Uh, we appreciate the time as always. And uh, even if you want to take digs at me, you know what? I I embrace it because the love is real. Spencer, man, nobody loves you more than I do. <laughs> You're my hero. I love you, man. Appreciate that, man. Thanks for the time. Even though you didn't know my number, 25. <laughs> and, and don't ever do that Dickie V impression again when I watch Fair enough. That's a, that's a deal, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Mark Duran on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. The first thing you need to know about a (laughs) seven-footer is, can they walk? (laughs) Not run. Can they walk? (laughs) (laughs) The first great athletic player in BYU history, according to Mark Duran. I didn't forget his number. I said he didn't wear number 30. He wore number 25. I knew it. Did you? (laughs) Coming up, Jake Tilson played with the ABBA backcourt. How does he think they'll do together? Plus, the greatest to ever rock the number 30 at BYU. Oh, yeah. Is still on campus. Go. This is BYU Sports Nation. That's a loaded one, man. Honorable mentions everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, get to know BYU Hoops' newest player, Brandon Averett. Beyond the stats, watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media platform. He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Time for the best to wear it special of the day. We're counting up to 99, one number each show, and determining who was the best athlete to wear each digit at Brigham Young University. Today, we focus in on number 30. It's Lee Kamard. He's on campus. Lee Kamard is uh, an assistant coach with the women's basketball team now, but this is the, one of the most well-rounded players in BYU history. So he's 16th in scoring, 11th in threes made, 20th in rebounds, 11th in assists. He's one of the top 20 in field goal percentage, 4th in three-point percentage, by the way. You forget that one. 43%. 4th in free throw percentage, 84%. He did it all. Ninth in offensive rebounds, Lee Kamard. Ninth in offensive rebounds. 13th in blocks per game, 13th in steals per game. 2008 co-Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, went to several NCAA tournaments. Lee was a winner, and he did something as well that uh, no one else in BYU history has done, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Lee Kamard's the only player in BYU history in the top 20 of points, threes made, rebounds, and field goals. Whoa! How about that? Additionally, he's top 20 in free throw percentage, assists, blocks a game, and steals per game. So well-rounded. I would say Michael Smith is probably the most well-rounded player in BYU history in terms of shooting, rebounding, and all that. Like, you could argue Lee. You could also argue Kyle Collinsworth. 
Kyle Collinsworth is very similar to Lee and Michael, but his shot wasn't as good, but he excelled in other ways. Yeah, Michael Smith shot 90% from the free throw line. Yeah, Over 40% from three as a 6'10 guy. Yeah, and Kyle Collinsworth is in better shape than both those guys. Truth. So, yeah, Lee Kamard is the uh, best for number three. Now, what's tough about this is TJ Hawes, who also wore number 30, just came off an epic season that, unfortunately, we didn't really get to see come to fruition in the NCAA tournament. But he was unbelievable in the number 30 jersey. Yeah, he was good. I still have Lee as the guy, even if TJ goes to the Sweet 16 and whatnot. I think Lee, what Lee did was amazing. TJ was really, really good as well. He was Mr. Reliable. He's the Iron Man of BYU basketball. Yeah. What what Lee did was help, you know, and this isn't completely on TJ, but Lee went to, what, three NCAA tournaments, I think? You know, TJ unfortunately didn't go to any. He would have gone to one this year. Um, so let's just count it as one. Uh, Brian Mitchell, number 30 as well. 13 interceptions. Coached at BYU for a long time. He was in the game for a long time as well uh, with Texas Tech and East Carolina and West Virginia. And most recently at Virginia Tech as well. So Brian Mitchell was awesome. Yeah, number 30. This was loaded. loaded. I I think Jeff Blank was 30 as well. Running back uh, from the 70s for BYU who should be honorably mentioned. So there you go. Coming up, some of the greatest calls in Cougar sports history. Plus, BYU basketball alum and a walking bucket last season, Jake Toulson. Why is he so high on the new guy, Brandon Averitt? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, we have these stories. They're called Deep Blue. They explore the compelling human interest stories of coaches, fans, players. Check them out on the BYU TV app for free today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio B. That is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton, and we are now welcoming in a walking bucket when it comes to basketball. Jake Toulson joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom. Jake, great to have you back on the show, man. How's life? Man, life is good. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Uh, feels feels good to be back with with you guys and, and to talk about some BYU hoops. The, right. the hair's looking fresh, by the way. Let's talk about that. Thank first. you, thank you. Yeah, I uh, I got a haircut uh, just the other day. It's a little longer on top right now. Just thought I would, you know, do something different, change it up a little bit, but might be temporary. Who knows? And that post BYU beard—that's just a a rite of passage for every male athlete right it really is yeah <laughs> I, I thought I thought I would be blessed by coming to BYU by shaving it every day I thought it would come in thicker after a year like that's like a myth if you shave every day like, <laughs> but it's just as it's just as choppy as, as it used to be so I'm pretty upset well Jake it's great to see your face great to hear your voice man and again thanks for joining us uh we want to talk about your buddy Brandon Averett uh who you had some very kind things to say about on Twitter. Um, in your opinion, you said two years ago when he was redshirting and you were still playing at Utah Valley, he was the best player on that team. Why did you say that? Why did I say it? Because it's the truth. I just, I mean, I, I saw what he did to, to, to improve every day. I saw him putting the work in and then I played against him. I mean, he was on the scout team. He was, he was, getting after it every single day and he was uh giving us a lot of problems um you know the guys that were playing the guys that were um playing that season BA was giving us a good look every single day and a lot of days they were they were getting the best of us and beating us and so I think BA was leading the charge on that on that front 
Describe his game, and do you have a, a, a comp, whether it be in the NBA or college or something yeah. for him? <clears throat> I mean, he's so quick. He's so strong. He's impossible to stay in front of. He can finish, like, with either hand, runners, floaters, layups. Like, he's crazy athletic. He he can stop on a dime and pull up. He shoots the three. Like, he, there's no weaknesses in this game. He He'll make you pay by you know, making the right play, hitting the open guy. It's just so hard to, to guard. Um, if I had to like a comp, like my comp would be like someone like Kemba Walker or someone like Damian Lillard, like the dude, he's just like from anywhere. He's just dangerous. And he's, he's like a quiet killer. Like he doesn't say much, but he just goes about his business and just like dominates. How about his uh, defense? His defense is crazy. Like sometimes he would like they would get switched on to me and I would take him into the post and like, you know, I usually have my way down there with especially with a mismatch. But for him, like hitting him, it's like hitting a, a brick wall. Like he's just so solid, so strong. Like he uses his instincts, his feet, his hands. Um, he's quick. He'll definitely uh, be able to to put some pressure on ball handlers this season. And something that that's great. We'll ha- we'll be having Matt and Gav and Rich and all these dudes behind him, so he can get up in these guards, pressure them, funnel them to to the rim, and, and then the big dudes will clean it up. Jake Toulson with us on BYU Sports Nation. You know better than most what it's like to obviously play with Brandon Averett, but you also played alongside Alex Barcelo last year. So there's an A B and a B A that'll be in the BYU backcourt. We're calling it the ABBA backcourt. You okay nice. with that? You like that? I like that. Yeah, maybe we can play some ABBA pregame. Exactly. Okay, exactly. let's let's get this thing going. Uh, what kind of a backcourt will BYU have with those two next season? I mean, I, I think they they have it all. Like BA and and AB, they're going to run the show. Um, they're going to uh, they're the ball's going to be in their hands. They're going to be making plays. Obviously, there's going to be shooters around them. The big guys down low. Like I, I don't see any I don't see any weaknesses on this year's team. We're deep. We got size. We got um, guys to do it all. So I think um, them both being seniors and them both being vets, I think they're really going to um, like just run the show and and get get guys involved. Obviously, they can both score. Um, they can both break you down and, and get a bucket um, themselves. But it, with the ball in their hands, um, it's kind of like you know. One possession, A.B. brings it up. One possession, B.A. brings it up. And good luck, you know, planning for both because they, they can both beat you in multiple ways. So it's going to be exciting. Give us a sense of perhaps how certain guys' roles evolve. So Alex Barcelo last year played uh, sort of this two-guard, right, uh, to T.J. Haas is the point. How do you think yeah. his game evolves, and what are we going to see from him that perhaps we didn't see that you know about when he's a point guard, more of a point guard? Yeah. Well, I think he's just taken on a huge um, leadership role at, on, on this team so far. I've seen him um, uh, leading the charge and, and getting guys involved and kind of like coaching and, and especially during this whole crazy time we're at right now where there's certain rules that the coaches can't be involved in all this and that. Like a player run team is a team that's going to go far. And I think AB has kind of taken that on his shoulders to to get this team together. And, and he's like, man, we were good last year, but guess what? Like we have to forget about it and we got to go 
we got to go do it um, this year with this team. And, and I think that that's, that's a huge step that he's taken. And also um, with, with all the production that left um, from last season, he's going to step up and um, score the ball. Um, he's going to, I would hope that he gets up at least, you know, five more threes a game because the, the dude stopped 50%. And I, I think the ball is just going to be in his hands more. And that's where, that's where he's comfortable coming off screens, uh, making the right play, um, being aggressive, scoring. So I think he'll, uh, he'll definitely have the opportunity to do that this season. So my question is, because you and Yoli and TJ were all capable of taking that clutch shot late in the game and capable of getting a bucket, we look at this year's roster and say, okay, it's loaded, but who's the guy that has the ball in his hands late in the game? Is it Alex Barcelo? Uh, I think it starts with AB. I mean, you got to I, – I don't necessarily know, like – if that's how we want to approach it, obviously you got to have one guy that, that can make those shots. But um, I think it's just going to be a, a collective effort. Like early in the season last year, we had some uh, situations where we had late game uh, opportunities and it was just like an ISO possession or just like clear out and whatever. And then coach kind of flipped the switch and was like, all right, like we're going to run an action. We're going to like make the defense guard us and not just play ISO. So I think it's going to be a collection of everyone. Um, and whoever ends up taking the shot will probably be the best shot because I trust all the, the guys on the court to make the right play. Um, I, 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 I couldn't tell you exactly who the, the one guy will be, but I think at different points in the season, everyone will come up big, um, whether that's BA, AB, you know, Matt and anyone that that'll have that opportunity. Yeah. It's exciting because there's a roster full of all kinds of guys. And Jake, it feels like all the types of a great team and uh, different teams can be composed in a different way, but the, the variety of types of players on this team is fun. And obviously the front court is going to be way different than it was this last year. So how do you, how do you see BYU potentially using that effectively with good post players now? Not, not yeah, that they weren't I, last year. There's just more. For sure. I think it's going to be interesting. Like it's, it's such a cool thing to have. Like it's, it's an advantage for sure that we can play so many different types of lineups, so many different, uh, we can, we can give teams different looks and, um, that's, that's huge because, you know, one game, it could be, you know, this, this game plan and we're playing against this personnel and we have the depth and we have the guys, the bodies to be able to, to match up against anyone. In the non-conference last season, we played, you know, Kansas with that big fella in the middle and Dalt 6-7 guarding him. Like, next season, they'll have bodies to throw at guys. And if a team's playing small ball, we can adjust to that. If a team's playing big, we can do that too. Um, so it, it's just nice that we can we can be diverse and have a bunch of different looks that we can throw at people. And it'll be hard to game plan for us because you don't know, like, what what's going to happen on any given night. Jake Toulson with us on BYU Sports Nation. And Jake, whether it's Matt Harms or it's Alex Barcelo or it's Brandon Averett or an unnamed player to come down the pipeline, it is clear guys like Mark Pope and this staff, they gravitate towards him. I don't know why. Him. You know, I'm still trying to figure that out. But <laughs> What is it that Mark Pope and this staff do so effectively to develop players? They just, they're all in. Like, they, they work harder than anybody out there. Um 
it, and it shows they, these dudes are just get after it every day and they don't, they don't listen to what, like, it's almost like if you, if the harder it is and the more unrealistic it seems like that, the more likely it is that they're going to get it done because they just like relish in that. They love um, doing things that people think that's, that can't be done and they're going to do it. Uh, and coach Pope, he, he cares about his players and he really has a plan for them. And like, there's proof. It's not like he's just like saying, trust me now. Cause he's been doing it for four to five years. He's been getting transfers and those transfers have been balling. So if you're a transfer and you want to be, you want to put yourself in a better position, talking to coach Pope, he has the track record. Our program's training in the right direction. It's BYU. Like it's a no brainer. We turned you into an analyst in this, so well done. We didn't even ask you about you, man. <laughs> Hopefully Sarah and Gus are doing well. And you. Yeah, no. It's it's nice talking about, you know, other the, the team and stuff. I'm 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 a proud alum now. Absolutely. Jake, uh we wish you the best. Uh good luck, good health, and uh keep us updated on your basketball future, man. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. You got a Jake Toulson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. He just flipped the analyst switch on. We didn't even talk about Jake, you know? It was all about the team and Brandon Averett and Alex Parsons. Development does not stop just within the game. His development as a basketball analyst has only begun. Yeah, he, he did a really nice job there. And who better suited to discuss anything UVU, BYU related, right, than Jake Toulson? Mark Pope as well, of course, but about Mark and that situation. Oh, yeah, He's the perfect he guest because he, he understands it all as a transfer and a guy that played at both places. I mean, his teammates, I swear he's had like 40 different teammates, you know, and they're all at BYU now. Yeah, he switched, yeah, he switched schools and he's got tons of, tons of ex-teammates. Coming up, today's Rise and Shout Out. And the greatest broadcast calls in BYU history is the focus on today's Top 5 Tuesday. This is BYU Sports Nation. I don't think we're making an end of that. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation continues with this daily reminder of the show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Just download the podcast. You can Google it by uh, searching BYU Sports Nation podcast. Let's roll out Top 5 Tuesday presented by Delta. Keep climbing. And this week's Top 5 features the best broadcast calls in BYU sports history. Number 5, 2015 season. First, Nebraska. That's coming up in a minute. Spoiler alert. But uh, the second game of the season, Boise State. Tanner Mangum to Mitchell Jurgens. Here's the call. Pressure from behind. Mangum flips it into the end zone. We've seen this before. Touchdown, BYU. We've seen this before. It's such a good call in the air. Look at Guy Holiday. Just yeah. amazing. And the star man from Jurgens. So good. Love it. Number four, Jimmer Fredette. Well, he's had his fair share of incredible moments that produced amazing calls. But nothing tops his half-court shot before halftime in Salt Lake City against Utah in early 2011. Four seconds left on the clock. Greg Rebell has the call. 50 to 42, BYU by eight into Jimmer with four and with three and with two. Jimmer from 40 feet. What can we say? 
Did we just see that? I mean, what that was... can we say? 32 in the half by Jimmer Fredette. So good. Number three, most of you remember the Miracle Bowl, a.k.a. the 1980 Holiday Bowl. And here it is, the Hail Mary that beat SMU in that game. Jim McMahon to Clay Brown. Down by six now, three seconds left. Third and ten at the SMU 41-yard line. McMahon all the way back at his own 46. Throwing for the end zone. Receivers are there, defenders are there. It is in the end zone. Who has the ball? I love that Cosmo just jumps in there. Just <laughs> in the pile. He's always in the mix. At number two, as promised, the second play from 2015, a week before Boise State. After Taysom Hill exits the game, Tanner Mangum, fresh off his mission trip, leading BYU to one of the most improbable wins in BYU football history. Sean McDonough on the call. Three-man rush. Mangum, all kinds of time. Steps into the throw, in the wind, down to the goal line, and caught! Touchdown, BYU! Mitch Matthews on the last play of the game! So good. That call is perfect. It really is. Aaron Houck hug as well. And number one, back to Harleen, 2006. They have a three-deep zone. They have McCain up on Harleen, but they have someone behind him. They have to go to the end zone. Final play of the game, barring a penalty, all the time in the world for Beck. Can anybody get open for him? He'll roll right, lets it go, finds his guy, touchdown! BYU swarms the field! A lot of, still the greatest sporting event I've ever witnessed live. A lot of Bronco running in that. that awesome. <laughs> Those are your top five broadcast calls of BYU Sports History. Question of the day, what are your tourney expectations right now for BYU basketball this season? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. From Tyler Gregory, 11. Final four, bust! Got all the tools needed to scare teams both in March and throughout the regular season. Pope is undeniably a great coach and competitor that knows how to beat any good team on any given day. Today's rise and shout-out. Devontae Henry Cole responds to a tweet. At 5 Pound Trout, a.k.a. Sung Kim, tweeted, How legendary will DHC become to BYU fans if he runs all over Utah? And the Cougs beat the Utes. I can dream, right? DHC replied, September 3rd. Let's go! Our thanks to today's guests, Mark Durant and Jake Toulson. Start to Dustin Pitta, no time. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brian Mitchell. We'll see you for BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Go Cougs. Find this guy! Hi, I'm Brooke.